Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Uh, welcome, welcome. Bet y'all thought you weren't going to get an episode today. You probably saw me on Instagram with the wife, the baby, and the dog in the car. Eh, dude, we schlepped it. Probably took us 10 hours. Yeah, because we left around 3.30, 4 o'clock. It's 3 o'clock now. Just dropped the wife, the baby, checked on the chickens, let Bane out, obviously, played with him, checked on the chickens and the ducks. They survived. Good job, Sarah, my little sister, <laughs> taking care of them. Thrilled, excited to be back home, although I, you know, I already missed, like, back in New York home. It's going to be back here. I lose my appetite every time I go back home. I don't know what it is. It's my mom's cooking is great, obviously. We eat a lot of good. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the tap water because we're on a well. I don't know if it's the air. I don't know. I always lose my appetite when I go back to New York. And it's weird because the only the only thing I want to eat when I go back to New York is ice cream. <laughs> so it's this place called Boxcar Barney's. Uh, and uh, we get ice cream there almost every night. But uh, the whole way home, so the whole way there, I listened to a lot of Lex Friedman, Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, uh, Joe Rogan. The whole way back, I listened to Lex Friedman and Robert Robert Kennedy Jr. On the way there, I listened to Joe Rogan and Robert Kennedy Jr. And then another Lex Friedman guest that he had, I don't know, some guy involved with just technology and AI, which was super fascinating. But uh, on the way home, I mostly listened to Patrick David Bent and Andrew Tate. Uh, and it's a five-hour episode, and I listened to the whole thing, and holy man, first of all, uh, Tate has grown up and matured significantly. Um, you know, he's a Muslim now, which obviously I'd prefer he's, he's a Christ-believing Christian, but he's a Muslim now. He was, an, he was a Christian, then an atheist, then Christian, then Muslim again. Uh, or uh, then Mu Christian again, then Muslim. Um, sorry, I'm not as sharp. I've been awake since like 2.30. And now I'm going back out because we got to get meat for meals. And I got I got stuff to do. I can't be sitting around. Then I got a meeting tonight at 5 o'clock. Um, I actually started getting back into the consulting game a little bit. It's so funny because like, <laughs> like what Andrew Tate's going through right now, dude, I identify with so strongly so strongly you know and just what the matrix as he calls it has done, basically the evil forces of the world has done is try to take him out of the game and it's only made him more popular like I feel very you know and, and, and it's so funny because I watch the stuff surrounding his issues get more and more ridiculous and then I get a call and things surrounding mine are just getting more and more ridiculous. It's like when when it's just lies spit out of control so quickly on people. It's just funny. Like at this point, my you know my lawyer's like, dude, just you know don't don't let this. I'm like, dude, I don't let any of this bother me now. Look at why would I let it bother me? I've got another baby on the way. God's blessed me with another child. If I was if I was a bad person, do you think God would be would have his hand in every single area of my life? Here's a great example. So I got a stock pick the other day, a, a tip uh, the other day on an uh, electric vehicle company, and it smashed it. I dumped, I got like 51,000 shares of it, and it exploded overnight. 
and I pulled out right at the right time, most of it right at the right time. I'm still holding some. Uh, text me if you want to know what it is. It might bump again. Uh, private investor just dumped a bunch of money into it. And then it's so funny. I get a call from one of my business partners. He's like, dude, he's like, I'm on with the SEC right now. I'm like, gosh, that's not good. The FBI. And there's an investment group. So I was just complaining to my wife about this. I've been trying to get a big chunk of money uh, to this investment group who will currently stay unnamed uh, once they're out of the woods with this. The investment group didn't do anything wrong. I'll just listen to the story. So I, I, I'm complaining to my wife, like the, my Bitcoin, the app that I need to send the Bitcoin, it's just not working. It won't verify me. It's taking forever. I can't get back from customer service. I don't have the time uh, or the patience to be dealing with this stupid sign up for the app, verify your identity, then you need another app to send the money from, and then you got to do three somersaults on a Tuesday in July, and then you got to put a monkey through a hoop at the circus, and then you got to be, you got to hit a, a, you know what I'm saying, you got to go through all these ridiculous steps to get everything set up now. It's like, I should be able to scan my damn face, and boom, everything I want is done. It's my face. You know what I mean? I shouldn't have to send a bank verification. And I get it. I guess it all. It's there for a reason. But I'm complaining to my wife. I'm like, dude, I want to get a, a chunk of money in with these guys. You know, my business partner's up like 20% a week. A week. I'm like, I got I'm like sitting here watching money fly out the window, right? And these guys are killing the game. And I get a call from my business partner that links me with them. And he's like, dude. Somebody stole this fund and like four or five other funds. Probably going to be national news. This guy hacked a blockchain. <laughs> like a hundred million dollars got lost. Like my, uh, I was prepared to move a very large chunk of money in with these guys. And nothing would work for me. And here I am. I'm stomping around. And I'm complaining. You know, I'm stomping around. I'm complaining. I'm getting all upset. Because the money won't transfer. And look at what happens. I just... God is so good to me. And I do not deserve it. <laughs> at all. It's crazy. And it's just the stuff that you put out is what you're going to get back. I, I noticed that toxic, ven you know, venomous, nasty people. They, they tend to have like a lot of really bad things happen to them. Like, you know, my haters, I, I know more about people's lives than I let on, and I just know how miserable people are. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm over here, I'm about to have another baby, the right investments are hitting, I'm being protected from basically fraud. I'm, dude, I'm, and I'm not saying this to brag or boast, I don't want God to remove his hand of favor from my life because it, it, it has nothing to do with me, and I am an undeserving sinner. But my goodness, when you start to trust in God, start to do what God asks you to do and you have faith and you spend time with him and we don't do all this stuff to get something but it is a perk it does say scripturally that we are offered higher levels of protection I don't think it's a mistake Carl Jung talks about this in his book Synchronicity Synchronicity I was just listening to uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. talk about this. How many times on this podcast have you guys seen 
synchronicity. Like how many times have I said something was gonna happen and it happened or I narrowly avoided a situation or I talked about something and then saw a sign for it. Like you guys noticed that in the past couple of weeks. That's happened more and more. And it's no mistake, that's God's hand, that's God's whispering to us. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I feel, I feel a mix of emotions. I look at my life, you know, I was sitting down by the lake uh, when I was back home and I was thinking about how different life is now compared to five years ago sitting in that same spot, compared to 10 years ago, 11, 12 years ago when I was still in college, the end of my college career, 13, 14 years ago, damn. Uh, reading at that same spot that I sit at by the gazebo down by the lake and then I'm thinking about when I was a kid and I'm just I'm rewinding through the chapters so to speak of my life and um, I'm just uh, thinking about how things are now and like not in my wildest dreams could I imagine where I me being where I'm at right now it's the craziest thing like I would never imagine that you know, I would go on to build this big life insurance uh, team and make, you know, close to a million dollars a couple years in a row. And then, boom, that all, boom, gets taken away for reasons I'll talk about someday. Don't you worry. Uh, and then, um, you know, I have to start this. I have to hustle, start this other company. And then I make a bunch of money in the market. And we start and sell three companies. And now I'm able to be at home all day with my wife and my daughter Ada and now I've got another baby on, on the way and I'm going to have a one year old and an infant at the same time God willing and my wife keeps dreaming about twin boys <laughs> and I'm like what a blessing that would be and we're driving home you know and it's a 10 hour ride and Ada was nearly perfect she she went into two fits and t- in 10 hours two 5 minute fits I'll take it but she was in the middle of her second screaming match with herself and whatever demon she was fighting because she's very much my personality uh, and her mom's too. But uh, <laughs> I'm driving and I got to pee really bad and we're hitting traffic because all the mass holes are coming over from Massachusetts to Maine for the weekend. So we're going down I-95 and you know traffic is at this point is caused by a slight curve in the road. When you get a bunch of NPCs together, it's like a vacuum of stupidity. It just sucks all the intelligence out of the air when you get that many NPCs that close to each other. So, you know, you have one slight right hand bent in the road and everybody's slamming off the brakes. It's just ridiculous. Traffic is so stupid. But all these thoughts are going through my head and Ada's just absolutely screaming. In the back seat, I just looked up and I saw my wife looking down at her and just rocking her, just shh, rocking her. And I'm thinking, what a blessing. What a blessing that my kid screams, has lungs to scream and a voice. What a blessing that she's healthy. What a blessing that this only happens every once in a great while and we got nearly, God gave us nearly a perfect baby. What a blessing that I'm in a luxury SUV. I've got my beautiful German Shepherd in the back. I'm like, what am just, what do I have to be upset about? And then I, you know, I'm listening to Tate. I'm listening to all the things he's going through, and he's clearly very innocent, you know, very, very innocent. And I'm thinking about how they just indicted him on some BS because you know why they want to, they want to strangle all the strong men out of the world. And good luck strangling me out. You're gonna have to kill me. You're gonna have to put a bullet in my head to get me to stop yapping. You hear that? Did y'all hear that? 
haters, government agents. <laughs> that's how, that's what it's going to take because I'm never going to stop. Listening to Tate today just made me remind, just reminded me. And I've never tried to be a Tate. I'm not. I don't. I, there's a lot of things with him I don't agree with. You know, it's, you know, the womanizing and stuff like that. That used to be a part of my life. It is. Though. Why? What is this muff? What is this guy? You, you're in the middle of the road. You're in the middle of the road. What are you doing? What is this guy doing? What are this guy's driving down the middle of a of a striped road in the middle of the road, just blocking traffic. Oh, he's got a little kid in the back seat. This is I'm gonna keep going straight, ladies, so you better figure it out. Dude, people are wild, wild on this road. This, this that that we that whole experience that we just had right now was nuts. Um anyways. So yeah, I'm listening to him today and I'm just I was he was talking about how men who want to be great have to suffer. And he's like he says he's like, you know, part of being an exceptional man is I fly my Bugatti on one jet out to Dubai and then fly myself out on another jet so I could drive my Bugatti around Dubai. Also, I've been in a Romanian prison with cockroaches. <laughs> in a Romanian dungeon with cockroaches. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what an exceptional story this guy has. Love him or hate him. And I, I love him way more than I disagree with him. I, I'm like, I'm very pro-Tate, man. I think the world needs more Tate. I wish he was a Christian, and I think that there's obviously still time. The reason why he doesn't the reason why he walked away from Christianity to Islam is just simply because Islam in today's day and age commands more respect and there are some very respectable Christians I just think Christians uh, we've taken the tolerance thing and the love thing way too far again I always go back to Jesus went into the market into the church that had gotten turned into a marketplace with a bullwhip you know what I'm saying? Why do you think he brought a bull whip? What do you think he was doing with that whip? He was probably whipping people's asses. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying you got to go take a bull whip to people, but what I am saying is I think we've let it get watered down. And I've had people tell me, look, Mike, if, if you're a Christian, you know, some of the things you say are pretty harsh. Good. People need to hear the harsh. <laughs> There's not enough harsh. There's too much lovey-dovey nonsense. People need to hear, if you don't change your ways, you're going to burn in hell for an eternity. If you keep trying to mess with the kids, somebody's going to come put a bullet in your head or feed you feet first into a wood chipper. That's what's going to happen. Stop messing with the kids. Somebody's going to snap. A group of people. People are starting to snap. And I loved it because Patrick, David, Bett, and, and Tate were talking about this whole LGBT whatever movement and how poisonous and toxic and nasty it is. And how bad it's gotten. And how we've just let too much. All the same stuff I say, man. We all say the same things because it's the truth. You ever notice that? Like if you keep hearing the same thing and it, uh, it, it, it enrages people in a way, you, you know it's probably true. And there, it's so, and I love another point. I just go, go listen to it. For yourself, but I love the point that Tate brought up is that it's not a war between ideals anymore. It's not like there's two competing worldviews that both want to make the world a better, a better place. You have principled people fighting against people with literally no principles. You know how to tell somebody has no principles? Whatever the news says is what they believe. COVID's a pandemic. COVID's a pandemic. COVID's over. COVID's over. 
Ukraine is this, this, and that. Ukraine is this, this, and that. How how does how do most people not realize that Ukraine, this whole thing with Ukraine, is a proxy war? It's a proxy war between Russia and the United States. We're getting all meddled up in things. Oh well, did you what, Putin invaded Ukraine? We literally violated an agreement and put missiles right up to his border. What did you expect this guy was going to do? He's got more restraint than me. I would have nuked New York City. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, yeah, anyways, you just... You, you, hold on, I'm going to go inside and buy a bunch of meat. Bro, I am so tired. And I, I feel like I stink. Like, I definitely stunk on the way home. When my diet's off, I stink. Normally, I don't have to wear deodorant. Which is crazy, considering how much I work out. You know, I'm like 240. It's a lot of meat to sweat. And uh, I rarely have to wear deodorant. This is one of those days that I put deodorant on when I got home. Because I am a stinky little boy. I feel like I stink. I got bags under my eyes. I've been asleep. I've been awake since 2.30 in the morning. The girls at the meat market, they're like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm just tired, all right? Don't rub it in. Look like I just went through dialysis or something. But uh, anyways, yeah, so... Um, yeah, people that have... Well, yes, I think that's what we're talking about. Mm. Sorry, I'm taking a sip of chalky milk. Mm-hmm. Mm. Guess where I'm stopping? Shipman's, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, for the people that know, that you know, Shipman's was indeed just closed for the season. So... Uh, I didn't have to commit seppuku or anything like that. We are here. I'm, I'm literally pulling in right now. I'm going to get some shipments. Uh, and then we will pick back up where we left off. For you guys, it's going to be a second pause. For me, it's a, like a three-minute intermission. Hold on. All right, we're back. So when I get, you know, I return to town, I got to get the essentials. The essentials being, uh, I'm trying to move out of your way, dude. Sorry, man. Uh, the, the essentials being meat. Lots of meat. I just got three ribeyes, four strips. Uh, what is that? Five pounds of ground beef. Uh, two pounds of bacon. Uh, the raw butter I can get. They're out of raw milk, which is very upsetting. That's the one thing I'm missing. I'm going to have to go to the other farm stand for that tomorrow. I ain't doing that today. Um, and then at Shipman's, what did I get at Shipman's? I got, I got some of this craft beer that I like. Got to have that. Got to have some beer on hand, just in case. Break, break in case of emergency. Oh, I should have went. I'm being a pussy. Um, sorry, I shouldn't use that. Eat gendered language, but at shipments I got that. I got some strawberries. Uh, got some sourdough bread. What else did I get? I feel like I got way. I spent fifty dollars. What the hell else did I got? Chocolate chip cookie. And now I gotta go get a. Uh, now I gotta go get cigars. Lot of cigars, absolutely mandatory move. So we're uh, we're rocking, we're rolling, we're cruising, we're shucking. Which oh, I got a tea that I'm about to pound. It'll pick me up before my five o'clock meeting. So next stop is cigars. But yeah, I mean you can tell people um, their whole opinion is just whatever the media says is. Oh, like <laughs> he was talking, you know, like people don't even believe their own eyes anymore. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that crazy? Like the pan, remember the pandemic? It's like I can remember like 
Where is the pandemic? I don't know a single person that died. Now, now I'm not saying people didn't die, okay? Oh, my grandma twice removed. That's, you know, <laughs> oh, my uncle. Listen, I know some people that lost some close relatives, but that had six or seven comorbidities. This wasn't some kind of pandemic that was wiping out perfectly healthy people. Um, it wasn't. Where's the lines out the hospitals? You know what I'm saying? Where where are the bodies in the streets? You know, what 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 really happened? Toilet paper went missing and they told us to go inside. You know what I'm saying? So, I can remember being like this is bullshit. Like looking around very clearly using my own five senses and saying this is a ridiculous thing that's happening. But no, people six vaccines, two masks, you, people don't listen to their ears. Biden said, if you get the jab, you will not get COVID. And guess who has? People that got jabbed have like a 33% higher chance of contracting it than people that didn't. <laughs> I'm laughing because you deserve it. You were weak. And I know that there's, I know like two people, two out of everybody that I know. I know like two people that I, I respect to a degree, that got it. And I still, I'd still tell them they're cowards. You know what I mean? You bent the knee. You bull my job. F your job. You get another one. Okay? That's I have no sympathy. That's one thing. And I might lose listeners for this. You might be vaxxed one time. You're like, man, Mike, that's really hard. I have to be harsh on you. I have to be harsh on you so the next wave, you don't get duped. Because what's it going to be next? Oh, the sun, you can't be outside the sun without a full body suit and goggles or you're going to burn to death and people are going to be walking around. If the CDC said tomorrow that you would burst into a ball of flames, if you touch the sun, if you let the sunlight touch your skin, there are a group of people that would look outside with their eyes and see people walking around unfazed by the sun, but would still put on the full body suit and the goggles. But dude, you see people walking around. They're not bursting in the flame. Well, it's necessary. It's precautionary. It's better safe than sorry. Loser. Loser. Gay. Loser. And I mean gay in the most derogatory sense possible. It's ridiculous. It's, it's now. Oh, you don't believe me? You don't believe that people aren't listening to their senses? Apparently now men can get pregnant and breastfeed. I'm sorry. Let's use the correct term chest feed. Men, I need y'all to do me a favor. Stop permitting the use of this language in your presence on your social media. I bully people actively now. Very, very aggressively now. Chest feeding. Even seemingly innocuous phrases I talked about the other day. Like, you're worthy. You're just worthy. Oh, You're fat, so you're worthy to be on the front of a magazine with your big fat rolls spilling over the side of your quadruple XL bikini that even on me would be a dress you're not worthy you're worthy of a caloric deficit and some exercise that's what you're worthy of everybody deserves to look and feel good but not everybody is not just inherently worthy because you're fat it's ridiculous Uh, gender neutral non-binary I don't permit people to use that kind of language around me at any for any reason don't do not back into my car thank you I don't permit it for any reason 
And more of us have to start adopting that attitude that you do not use terms like that around me. You don't for any reason. I don't care. I'm not the whole let's be respectful of other people is so far out the window for me and it should be for you because it's this whole tolerance thing. Like I, I shared a video the other day. This, there's this trans whatever it is sitting there, some mutant freak. Oh, is it a he? Is it a she? I don't know. It's, it's disgusting either way. You know, it's one of those girls that's clearly a dude at one point. You know what I'm saying? Jawline and stubble. And this thing's like, if you're an ally, you need to go out and check on your trans friends. You need to do their laundry. And you know what? When you're done doing their laundry, you need to give them 5 to $10 so they can get themselves a drink. Because they're like, and I'm sitting there thinking like, and this kid goes on to say, he's like, okay, first it was, we got to like, let you get married. And then it was, we got to start, you know, then, then you got to bake the cake. You know, you know, that big case, which she just won that actually. That, but you got to bake our cake or we'll sue you. If you're a Christian and you're, you make wedding cakes, you have to make one for gay people. So you got to bake our cakes. And then it's, okay, now we got to start teaching about it and pushing it in schools. Then it's, oh, now you need to start changing the English language. And then it's, oh, and then you got to start denying reality. And then it's, oh, you've got to give me money and do my laundry. You know what I have to say to you? I can't say it. I won't say it because I don't want to lose any of my listeners that don't like super foul language. But I, I got a couple things I'd like to say to you. Let me get my cigars first. All right, we went with a sampler. We went with a Cohiba, a Padron, and a, the hell else? Oh, an Ashton, of course. Probably my top three. I'd say Schmokes. You, you know, the, the more expensive doesn't always mean it's better. You know, a cigar smoking is very much a matter of taste. It's like wine. There are some absolutely fabulous cheap wines, and then there's some absolute trash wines that are $500 a bottle. I've done the whole wine thing. Wine is ridiculous. That's probably the snobbiest community of people alive. <laughs> I, I know a couple sommeliers, and it's just, uh, wine's ridiculous. But anyways, you know, I instead of just spouting off on trans people that don't even listen to my podcast, I... And, and I, I used to be in the I don't care what you do camp. Uh, as long as you leave the kids out of it and blah, 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 and don't push it on me, I'm totally, I'm, I'm all the way against all of it now. You know why? Because you give them an inch, you see what happens. They, they're going to take a whole country mile. They're going to take a whole mile, baby. Went from let us get married to let us wave our dicks in front of your kids' faces. Eh, no, you lost all of it. You know, Tate was talking about there's a lot of places, you know, like Jordan, where homosexuality is illegal. But people still do it just behind closed doors. People do drugs behind closed doors. People do there's. I'm not saying that homosexuality is just like the worst. I'm just saying, <laughs> look at where we're at. So I know I got I've got a couple gay guys that listen to this and a gay girl that listen to this, and y'all are very close friends of mine. And these close friends of mine would say something like, "Well, you also you smoke cigars, you drink, you swear, you're right. These are things I got to look at. Do I think having the occasional drink is a sin? No. Jesus turned water to wine. Jesus drank wine at the Last Supper. Jesus didn't go get hammered. He probably didn't even catch a bus. Okay." 
But I'm just saying, that's just a fact. I don't think there's anything wrong with cigar smoking either. I don't know where that would, I guess if I was super, super, super orthodox, I don't know. I don't feel conviction when I smoke a cigar. And if someday I gotta let that go, I'll let that go. The swearing that my, my mouth is one big thing. Is my is swearing is homosexuality worse than swearing? No. It says all they're all the same. You broken one part of the law, you've broken the whole law. So if you lie to your parents, you're just as guilty as a murderer. It's like I've taught I've taught you guys about this uh, analogy before with, with the drop of food coloring in a gallon of water or a drop of poison in a gallon of water. If I take a drop of a very potent poison and put it in a gallon of water, doesn't matter what color it is, it's it's all po it's all poison. You know what I'm saying? And then people try to water things down by doing more good, you know. And it's like, well, okay, that's like putting that dumping that poison gallon into a poison ten gallon bucket. You still you're gonna drink out of that? Of course you won't. <laughs> of course you won't. Watering it down. So all this goes to say is that listen, it it's it's not any work. There's just certain things as a society that we have to restrict and control because it goes from let us get married to let us wave our actual entire penises in front of your kids' faces. It's not a conspiracy anymore. There is picture after picture after video after video of these pride parades. Women have their exposed breasts out in front of kids. Guys are completely naked penises swinging back and forth waving little gay flags imagine being proud of the fact that you have gay butt sex you know what I'm saying like I'm sorry I don't mean to be crude but imagine like staking a flag in that and you know what I'm saying like what's there to be proud of I'm just I'm so confused you guys can tell I've just got vitriol in my heart and it's again it's the kids you mess with the kids this is what happens Nobody will say what I'm saying. In fact, you know, I, I should take that back. More and more people are starting to say exactly what I'm saying. Patrick David Bett, very, 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 very successful in sales. Very came right out and said today, you know, I don't think that even gay marriage should be legal because this is where we end up as a society. That's something that two years ago, even a year ago, nobody would dream to say. But you know what y'all did? You started messing with the kids. This is what happens. Now you're going to see an uptick in just intolerance, and that's a good thing. I was talking about shame uh, on my Facebook and Instagram the other day, that shame is a good thing. People, there, there is this whole movement of this HR guidance counselor, female, fat therapist thing going on, where it's like you should just never feel shame, never be ashamed for the way you are. Yes, you should. Shame is a very good indicator that you're doing something wrong, and there's different types of shame. There's guilt shame, which you should feel. It's correct if it's 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 a corrective emotion. It needs your body, your mind, your soul rather is trying to get you to correct improper behavior. And then there's like uh, the type of shame you feel from something happening. Like if you were a victim of sexual assault, you're gonna feel shame, and that shame is the type of shame that should be worked through. That type of shame is the type of shame that should be approached with compassion and love. Both types should be approached with compassion and love, but the first type first type of shame should be approached with a more heavy hand. Go ahead and file that away in your head. There's two types of shame. Guilt shame and then, you know, shame for when bad things happen to you and you carry that around with you and then guilt shames just for being a dirty little pervert or whatever else it is that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? 
like you should be shamed for certain behavior. I would expect if I were to take get naked in front of kids, I would expect society to shame me, charge me criminally, and lock me away. Now we've got this whole be and do whatever you want all the time with no consequences, and you've got 60-year-old dudes walking down the street butt naked in front of kids. Why? Because nobody's shaming these queers into correcting their behavior. It's all love and acceptance. You need to start shaming people again. People need to be shamed. People need to feel shame for taking their genitals out in front of children. But they don't. Now it's a part of pride. Now people are proud of this deviant, nasty behavior. And this is what we get. This is what we get. We get a society of spineless men that have been told over and over again that the future is female while they're pumped full of ADHD medication because they don't want to sit in the same spot for eight hours a day and listen to some woman who has no clue about life that's lived in a bubble her entire life with a four-year degree or a six-year degree sit there and yap at them about some public education nonsense. I don't... You know, and then they're mostly raised by women. Because dads are idiots and not in the picture. Dads, you know what I'm saying? It's just, we've got, I have to, and me and others, have to be the, wow, my right eye is really hurt right now. If I drop from a stroke, uh, this is a good episode to end on. (laughs) Me and other men are harsh. Like, Tane is very harsh. I'm very harsh. Andy Frisella is very harsh. Most of us men are very harsh, and the world of men is harsh. Listen, guys, don't listen to when, when women talk about things. Don't The woman experience is very difficult. It is very... I'm watching my wife be a mother for the first time. It's a hard thing to go through. It's very, very difficult. But there's, a, there's so much compassion and support for women. The difference between a man and a woman's struggles uh, is that a man's often almost always more I'm like when I bite down I get a really sharp pain in the top of my head dude I don't want to drop dead yet man I got more stuff I want to say Uh, so I got a pain in my right eye and when I bite down I get a pain right in the top of my head on the right side so I don't know if I just burst a blood vessel or if I'm having a stroke I feel kind of sleepy then I get I've been awake since 2.30 but the world of men is more violent, and there's there's literally no compassion for men. In fact, Tate was talking about this. Dude, I, again, I, I know I keep bringing him up, but I just listened to him for five hours. And I was, and my wife was laughing, shaking her head in the back seat with Ada because she knows that our situations are so similar. Like, Tate was talking about how he gets out of jail. So he goes to jail for 93 days, Romanian prison, where there's no rec time, there's no common yard, there's no, like you are in your cell, a three by four cell, uh, 20, 24 hours a day. I think he said you get out for two minutes to go to the refrigerator, which is 13 feet away from your wall. So it's like, he gets out of prison. <laughs> and what do people start doing? They start complaining to him about how their association to him has affected their little, oh, I got a letter. 
And it's so true, dude. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about men. Nobody gives this, pardon my French, nobody gives a shit about men and the struggles of men. We are expendable. We die at war by the millions. We die in factories by the hundreds of thousands. We bear the brunt of work injuries and suicides and all this other stuff. And I ain't complaining. This isn't a woe is me. I'm so sorry. I would never change up. If I could rechange my sex, there's a 0% chance I would be, I would elect male every single year because I love being a man. I love the responsibility. I love the fact that I'm the one that gets to die in the situation. If it's going to be me or my wife or my kids, I'll die. I wear that with a brat badge of honor. Badge of honor. I wear that like a badge of honor. But listen, men, the world is is unforgiving and does not give a shit about you. You need to stop sitting around. You know, they tell all these boys, oh, your feelings are important. As a man, they're not. And if you listen to your feelings too, because listen, men don't cry sad. They cry angry. And when men get angry enough, you see what happens. That's why we get so many little boys that turn out to be mass shooters and go shoot up their school. Why do you think? Because they were surrounded by a bunch of dumbass women pumping their head full of listening to your emotions all day. So they start listening to their emotions and they're like, wow, I'm really mad. But also, everybody's telling me to listen to my emotions, but nobody will listen to me. Nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody wants to hear about my struggle. Nobody, I'm getting picked on and people are making fun of me. So why don't I get this assault rifle and shoot my friends? Why do you think this happens? All these women sitting around telling men that they should be focused on their emotions, but when it comes time for a man to focus on his emotions, you know what happens? Everybody leaves because it's a turnoff, and I don't blame them. God, I bet you that hit some of you to your core so deep, you're probably in tears right now as a man listening to me. Oh, stop listening to these damn women. Feel your emotions, feel your emotions, and then the moment you start talking about your emotions, you know what happens, everybody, they get uncomfortable and they leave. I don't ever be sitting around talking to my wife about how I'm sad or I'm angry. You know what I do? I get up, I put my shoes on, rarely, because I don't wear shoes, but I put whatever I'm going to wear that day on, and I get the freaking job done. Because that's my job as a man. Not to sit around and think about how I feel. Nobody cares how I feel. I got entrenched in all this legal stuff and this nonsense and that nonsense and had to change careers. And the first, everybody's wondering how me not being in their lives as a leader anymore in that capacity is gonna affect them. Not and get one sympathy, not one phone call, not one how you doing, not one how you, and I'm, I'm laying there and I'm thinking the other night, I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about my friend who just had a miscarriage. And I bet you nobody's reaching out to check on him. I'm thinking about my other friend whose literal fiance just died unexpectedly. And I know nobody's checking on him. I know nobody's really asking how he's feeling. Because you know what our job do is to do as men? Our job is to suck it up and move forward. And as David Goggins would say, carry the freaking boats. That's your job. Ain't sitting around playing hanky-panky with your emotions. Nobody is coming to save you. Nobody feels bad for you. And especially if you're a white man, you are expendable. There's no support group. There's no help. There's no hotline. Nobody cares. 
Why do you think veterans are treated so poorly? If the Army and Marine Corps and Navy and Air Force was more, like if it, if men and women swapped places and it was like 90% female, do you know how many support groups? Do you, there wouldn't be a single homeless veteran. There would be more than enough money. The VA would get a complete overhaul. But because most veterans are men and white men at that, nobody cares. They die in cardboard boxes on the street. Nobody's coming to save you and stop looking for sympathy. This isn't a rant at the world. This sounds like I'm ranting at the world. No, I'm yelling at you, man, listening to me talk right now. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit about your struggles. Your job is to get up and keep moving forward and win. That's your job. Your job is to protect and provide. My question to you is, are you doing that? Because that's what determines your worth as a man. Not your feelings. No not the bad, you'll never hear me complain ever about the bad things that happen to me because God always, you know who the one person is that you can rely on? God. I'm sorry. You know, there is one person, not a person, but one, there is a God and he cares. He cares. He says, cast your struggles on me, not cast your struggles on your wife or your therapist or your mom or your grandma or your friends. It says, cast them on me because I'm telling you right now, the more that you as a man start to open up to those closest to you, they might not say it, but they start to think their internal monologue, whether they believe it or not, or even recognize it or not, starts to switch from I respect this guy to he's a bitch. Even if you got the sweetest girl in the world, you start complaining to her too much about your emotions, and there's going to be there's women listening right now. No, no way. I would never bullshit. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't be silly. Your man starts crying to sleep every night, crying himself to sleep every night. You're telling me you're not going to lose a little bit of respect for that guy? Anytime I've let my emotions get away from myself in front of my wife, I'm like, man, I've got a huge amount of respect. I know with my wife, my wife respects me immensely, but that was a little chip. Might might be a little chip off the Washington Monument, but it's a chip. And sometimes a little chip is worth it to get it out of your system, and then, but most of the time it's not. Some of you take so many chips, there is no monument. It's a pile of rubble because you're a big, whiny sissy. <laughs> Nobody's coming to save you, all right? So stop complaining. I don't even know how we got this discussion, but somebody needed to hear this. You know, you know, my you need to hear this talk. Well, here you go. There's several men listening to this that need to hear this discussion because you're worried too much about how you feel. And it's literally retarding all of your progress in life in every single area. Stop worrying about your feelings and go out there and win. Let's get it. I love you.